0: I got a cutback.
1: Okay, good. I'm doing multi-channel. We're good.
0: Don't worry. I'm I'm just recording. recording You're recording me talking about being fat. That's a great way to start this podcast. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you so much.
2: This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions.
1: You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, interview with Red Team Gaming. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash sspbook. That's bit.ly sspbook. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player.
0: You have quite a treasure there in that horodric cube. From the, the far, far
3: reaches, reaches and
0: burning, burning depths, depths of sanctuary
2: comes. Shattered Soulstone. Your Diablo, Diablo podcast.
0: It's beginning to feel like some great evil is permeating the air around here.
2: Now, your hosts, Nevic, Braja, and Jen.
0: Stay a while and listen.
1: So today we are joined by two gentlemen from, well, I, I guess we could say that one of them is the purveyor. Is that, is that the right word that I want to use, Lantonio? Wait, why am I asking you? You wouldn't know. Anyways, we are we are talking with- Starting already. Yep, starting already. We're, we're talking with Sipko and Dread. You may have heard them, and I hope you've heard them from the Red Team gaming series uh, State of Diablo. Sipko uh, is- well familiar with because he kind of like
0: invented Red Team Gaming. So Sibco, how are you tonight? I am doing awesome. Thanks for having me on the Shatter Soulstone. Real pleasure to be here, guys. I'm
1: I'm super Thank you. I'm super glad that we could have you on. And is uh I guess his current wingman would be Dread. Dread, how are you? T- as well.
2: I am good. Thanks for having me on. So let
1: be, before we get into red team gaming what it is all about i i always love to dig into people's history with diablo so um because we have two of you tonight we're we'll we'll just do this in order we'll start with sib on this one uh sibco what is your history with the diablo franchise
0: yeah, sure, I'll jump into that. Before I do, I should also point out that while Dred certainly plays the uh, awesome role of Wingman on the State of Diablo 3, I support him also in his uh, Dabble Expressions, which is a fan site, and uh, oh. you guys would like checking that out too. I was curious as to what that project would be. In fact, I actually had that
1: question later in the interview, so I'm very glad that we already jumped ahead to that. <laughs> I, I like to do things and stuff. <laughs> so... Yes he does. Yeah. So what is your history with the Diablo franchise?
0: So I started playing Diablo with Diablo 1 and I sometimes call it Diablo depending on whether my accent comes out and so that that may happen, that may be a thing. Your, your commenters have um, never brought that up have they? Not, no, no, not at all. In fact it was it was absolutely not a you know holy war for about the first you know two months of doing the State of Diablo 3. Um, some people loved it, some people hated it, some people felt it was an insult to their um, culture. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, so I, st- I started playing Diablo and Diablo 1. I played Diablo 2 extensively for a period of probably, um, let's see, 10 years, maybe 11 years. Um, I actually just redownloaded it last night because I will be playing it again this week. Okay, Antonio, control and... yourself.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking. There's so, another uh, player. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there will be another
0: player, and um, and a pretty awesome one. So I'll be starting a new character in Diablo 2 and going through, and uh, probably putting some of that footage on the RTG Red Team Gaming uh, YouTube channel. So um, yeah, it should be fun. After that, I you know I, I waited and anxiously with deep excitement for Diablo three to come out. I played in the beta, and the beta was the beta, and then I started playing Diablo three. I've been playing ever since. It's awesome.
1: Dred, what about you? What is your, your history with the Diablo franchise?
2: Um, You may say I am kind of sort of the opposite of Sipco and most players. Uh, I actually came in uh, finding Diablo fans, uh, that lovely uh, website, when uh, Sixin was the owner. And uh, basically, I just kind of fell in love with the series, even though I haven't really played. I bought uh, Diablo 2, uh, played that before... Uh, I got into beta, uh, the November before the release, and I just played the crap out of it. Uh, There's still stuff I remember from beta as far as what patch was, uh, have what information, what they changed, and how many things they changed. Uh, I'm not what you would call a legacy double player, but I was very excited about the double franchise and all the history and all the lore and all the... Basically, what the game was as far as like one of the original action RPGs and set the uh, standard for the genre so That's where I come from.
1: Okay, so so you are almost what what we would call almost a Diablo noob then.
2: Yes, I would. Uh, I would definitely throw myself into that category. So,
1: I, okay, I, I gotta. I gotta. I, I have to ask a follow-up question. Um, obviously, you're you're still playing, and you're playing to the point where you created a, your own fan site. So, obviously, the gameplay has hooked you. But uh, what what has hooked you? Oh, and I'm stepping all over Lantonio's question. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs>
2: um. Yeah. Uh, you know. There is some uh, credibility to the story. Like I do like the storyline. I do like a good story. Um, even though uh, jumping to the other Blizzard IP, the StarCraft II uh, IP, even though I hate the fact they split it into three games, you know, get my money three times over, I will hand over, hand over fist, give them that money because I just love the StarCraft lore so much. So it, it, that's it's a little bit of that. It's just the lore, the story. As well as, Blizzard has always done a good job, I mean, the combat is um, smooth, it plays well, there's no real uh, glitchiness to it, as long as you don't have lag. <laughs> the killer of souls and players and hardcore people are like the lag. Um, but yeah, it's just everything about it, everything for what it is, uh, as far as the game it is right now, um, yeah, I, I, it's just good and I like it and it keeps me coming back especially after the recent patch uh, I actually found myself crafting and getting a lot of upgrades so uh, that's what gets me going every day and playing the game.
1: And Sib, what, what originally hooked you on the Diablo franchise?
0: Well, so I've been a fan of action RPGs since the genre was invented by Mr. David Brevik with Diablo 1 whom I uh, interviewed yesterday. And that was a lot of fun. But, basically, Diablo 1 was a revolutionary way to play a video game. It was one of the first games that was online, in that kind of sense, and was, was, was just a really fantastic game. It was casual friendly, in the sense that it was easy to access, it was flexible, it was a lot of fun, and it was different than anything else that had been out there before, as well as being very dark, gothic, and just overtly cool. So, that's what really hooked me back, you know, on that game, and also the fact that it was from Blizzard North. And you know, I had played Warcraft 1 and had been aware of Blizzard for a long time. I've been playing video games for, uh, well, let's just say a long time. I think my first might have been 1982. So it's been a while, and um, I've had a love affair with them for, for my whole life. So it was really good to see a game that evolved the genre and allowed me to experience, you know, awesome gameplay that was frantic, fast paced, dark, gothic, and all the rest of it. And then it became the idea that, you know, you can continue to progress your character. And you can continue to find this awesome loot and you can, you know, do all this cool stuff. And, you know, as the franchise grew and as the game developed, it became more and more compelling to want to play these games that allow you to progress your character and do things like hunt for loot over and over and over again. Um, So it was that kind of fast paced hack and slash character progression, you know, cool story, all that good stuff.
3: Yeah, that's pretty much what got me into it as well. You sound kind of like I'm listening to myself when you hear your stories because I've been playing Diablo 2 for so long and the stories of Diablo 1 and Diablo 2 is pretty much what got me, myself, so, uh, hooked on uh, the whole franchise. But, um, what I'm wondering is, since you're playing, uh, so much lately, what kind of classes have you been, uh, playing? Um, for instance, your favorite builds or your least favorite builds, um, Thus far, go.
0: So, I tell you, we're talking about Diablo three. Yeah. Okay, because so I wasn't going to do a Diablo one build. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> um, for for Diablo three, I have all the classes currently at level sixty. Most of them started on their Paragon journey, and I have to say, I've enjoyed them all with with for different reasons. My two favorites, probably. I had started out with a Barbarian for a very long time. And I thought that was going to be a staple. But it's gotten quite stale. And I really like the Witch Doctor now. So I play my oh, Witch Doctor. I, I,
3: how couldn't you? You, know? you It's the right?
0: Witch Doctor. Well, I tried to play them back when I first leveled it up. And it was it kind of wasn't my thing. And I, I just couldn't get into it. But then I, I also right now play my Monk as well. So for two different reasons. When I, when I want to do a little higher uh, monster power... Farming like monster power four five six or you know something like that. I definitely jump on my my witch doctor and I have uh, a lot of fun with that. When I want to farm ridiculously stupid fast in low MPs and low monster power, I do my uh, tempest rush sweeping wind monk, um, and it's pretty fun.
3: Yeah, I've actually built a tempest rush for the uh, normal to look for signets because I don't have the uh, gold to make one for uh, inferno, but. I find it pretty fun how fast I can go through and look for and No, I haven't found one yet, but I've been trying. I find everything but every Legendary in the book, I think, twice over, but I still haven't gotten a signet. but I kind of gave up doing it a little while. Um,
0: I was just going to say, Lyric Signet is essentially um, the great white whale of Diablo 3. I mean, it is one of the most hardcore grinds, I think, in the entire game. You can get really lucky and get it in like five minutes, but... Generally, it's taken, I think the average is somewhere 40 to 80 hours, somewhere in there.
1: Well, that's nothing compared to how much time you've sunk into the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's very, very true. (laughs) Uh, But I don't search for the signal or I would probably have to double my playtime.
3: Yeah, I did it uh, for a little while and didn't get lucky, so I kind of stopped. But I figured if I get bored of any of the other things that I'm doing, it's something pretty easy to go take a try at. Instead of buying one on the auction house for overly ridiculous amount.
1: So, dread um, with uh, with you being new to the franchise, what class and/or build or builds has has resonated with you?
2: Um, I actually I started out with the wizard. Um, I've always played a wizard class. I mean, even back in the uh, the wild days, my um, I main was is and if I ever go back, which I don't know if I am, <laughs> um. Was always the mage and uh, I think I had near like 200 days played on that mage because I never rolled an null in that game um, So naturally when I went to uh, Diablo 3, I rolled uh, the wizard and it, it was basically just your regular uh, uh, electric, piercing orb uh, build uh, along with the, the blizzard kiting a little bit uh, It seems a little out of date as far as it is now um, but that's because as soon as I got my uh, Monk, I have all except the Witch Doctor, I'm sorry to disappoint you guys, up to level 60, all the other ones are level 16, uh, they're on their Paragon Journeys, so now I feel ashamed, <laughs> I feel ashamed in two doctor <laughs> uh, up to 16, I, I feel peer pressure. Um, that's that's uh, okay, no, I mean, Evok
3: won't care, but he doesn't count anyway, but it... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Actually, I, I have a quick question. Dread. are you available every other week to replace Lantonio? Oh, oops, did I actually say that?
2: <laughs> uh, maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, so I got away from the wizard, and then I got my uh, Demon Hunter up to level 6, and I really enjoyed the Demon Hunter. It was just for the fact that it was fast, go MP0, and just obliterate stuff um she's still on the sharpshooter build but it works and uh with two pieces of crafted boa armor uh yes granted sharpshooter but it's 250k so it gets she gets the job done when i need to do it Uh, but my main right now the one i'm thinking about going for the long haul as far as paragon leveling uh would also be my monk um it's a traditional sweeping wind build and i swapped out i had blind before the patch just to help out with the elite packs but i swapped it out for uh wave of light and the reduced cost uh rune just because it just hits like a mule <laughs> a horse it, it it just obliterates packs uh and it, it just it just works out really well uh farming vault of assassins and uh, just for demonic essences and uh quick experience scans and it just works it rocks uh, go through Couple wave of lights on the lead pack just obliterates it within five seconds on Monster Power 2, uh, which is my sweet spot for right now, and just move along. So, with that said,
3: um, it sounds like you're having pretty much a lot of fun building them characters. Is there any of the characters you really didn't enjoy bringing up? I know I'm a Wish Sector fan now, but really, it was the last character class that I did. and. Doing the initial level 60 grind, I wasn't that excited about it. But once I got um, to the end game and was able to really try builds a lot better, that you know, then I I loved it. Is there anything that while you were building you you didn't like as much?
2: Um, the wizard was actually pretty good all the way up. Uh, the wizard, in my mind, always took a couple levels for. Uh, Forte really shined as far as getting the right abilities off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone could say this class for that class, but it, it really takes the wizard a lot. Even in beta, I remember it took until around level 4 or 5 before you got the right abilities. And then you can start ramming through content. Um, the one class that I had issues with uh, was actually my Barbarian when I started. Uh, around level like between 45 and 55, uh, it was a hard stretch just because I wasn't getting enough of the gear and it was just taking a lot longer uh, to progress than I felt it really needed to. Meanwhile, my demon hunter, all you needed was like a decent one hand crossbow upgrade, and that's all you ever needed because you can just run away from stuff, kite it away, and with vault and just. Discipline increase on items, you just run away, kill it, right? Um, but yeah, primarily it took my barbarian the most. But I was saved gear for it, so as soon as uh, my barb hit 60, I put in all the gear and went into inferno. I was able to do inferno on level two, just regular, not whirlwind, just. With the current build, I was able to smack things around, so, so it really made a big difference as soon as I hit. Success. That being said, was
3: it? It sounded to me like you didn't really work the auction house very much. Did you try to do more of a play with what you find game, or were you working the auction house? But still, maybe because the barb isn't as big with all those uh, AOE spells and stuff, is was that more of the issue?
2: Um, it. You could say it's a little bit of both. Um, I didn't really want to sink too much money uh, into my barb to begin with, but I wanted to try to uh, make him uh, the best I could. Uh-huh. And it was basically what I was finding on my Demon Hunter, because I was getting Paragon level. And I was just, if I, something looked good enough, if it had like, the right set, if it had strength, armor, vitality, I'd automatically keep it. Hopefully it had a little resist depending on what piece it was. And just kept on doing. I kept on refining the pieces. Like I would have three uh, bracers or two helms, and then I'd keep on cycling through, making sure I had the best piece. And that's what did it. I mean, most of the gear on my, my barb to this day is pretty much what I found, but it works well. Man, that's awesome. And you could do that. It, it was just what I found, and it, I was just very fortunate with a couple of the items. And I, and again, I just didn't want to sink money to the auction house because I wasn't sure if they were going to do anything to the whirlwind build. If they and if they weren't, how much those pieces were going to cost? And I did I didn't really want to sink tens of millions into it, and then roll another, and then if I liked it, like character, want that gold to go somewhere else. So I just basically stuck with what I found uh, on my bar. Bag. Yeah, I
3: wish I would have done the same. That's probably what uh, drove me away from the wizard. Was all the times so where I was. Auctioning, housing, and spending money on gear and trading and whatnot. And then those few nerfs that came around that made me, force me to change the way I was playing. (laughs) You know, that probably did
2: a lot of it. Yeah, especially in in the beginning with uh, the Demon Hunter, Monk, and Wizard uh, broken built (laughs) All three little classes they go into Inferno and be (laughs) (laughs) willy-nilly and not have to worry about dying. Yeah, yeah, that was a little bit of uh, an oops. Right, (laughs) Sipko, go ahead, Nev.
1: I was just going to say, with all the nerfs to the wizard, you know, it's amazing that I'm still so devout of a follower of the wizard. And the fact that I actually, you know, um, don't trip up and call her the sorceress like I used to.
3: Yeah, I mean, Nev always gets. I feel like Nev always thinks that I hate the wizard just because I don't play it as much as a witch. I don't hate the wizard. It's easily going to be my second Paragon 100. I just. Like the Witch Doctor more. That's all. Well, and it's not all that surprising because back when you guys first met me, I told you I was very excited about the Witch Doctor and the Wizard because I was a huge Necromancer fan in Diablo 2. And I still am. So the fact that I ended Necromancer, up Necromancer, with... blah, blah 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 blah. Yeah yeah yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but I was, you know, and that was that was huge. The only thing I don't like about the Witch Doctor is the fact that I can only have you know three or four dogs i wish that i could have an army of them and that would be a lot like you know cooler to me but um enough about me i was wondering sibco pretty much the same question did you have any um least favorite ways you were building up i know like i said when i did the witch doctor at first it wasn't as good as when i got near the end because i know i've seen some of your videos um on youtube and i like i use the same uh what do you call it acid cloud build to do the low MPs is that still what you're doing or
0: so yeah I, I pretty much owned all the builds like a total boss and never had any problems whatsoever oh
1: so you're <laughs> you're like Lantonio then
0: um know yeah pretty much I mean that may be partially you know not entirely true but um I'm trying to think which one I like the least I think I you know I generally hate questing, right, so this is, this is like one of my mantras in life, questing sucks, um, so even in an action RPG I try to quest as little as humanly possible, which, you know it's, there's not much room for maneuvering, but I actually find it hard to level up characters in, in action RPGs all mm-hmm. the time I don't like doing it um, because it's generally irrelevant the way that most games are designed leveling up a character is essentially a tutorial and generally one that's way too long, so uh, I find really no purpose to them uh, once you can play the end of the game, once you can play or the real game, then I really like it more. And that's coming from me as kind of a min-maxer. Some people love the lower levels. They never ever reach max level in some cases. But um, And that's a fair way to play the game if you enjoy that. I don't. So for me, I think the, the most boring of them all was probably the monk to level mm-hmm. up. The monk is insanely boring to level, and
3: um, I think I nightmare. agree. I think actually that's one thing Nevin and I do both agree is that when we both played the monk, it felt kind of worthless. Especially those last I, I levels, yeah. almost quit myself.
0: Yeah, I almost gave up in nightmare. I was like, oh, yeah, it's really rough. Even if you twink out gear and you get the best gear possible for the level, it's not until you can get the minus level requirement gear that you can really kick it up and much. And you're like, okay, now we're playing the game. Um, so, so I, I generally do that. The last time I leveled. A monk, I uh, I quit leveling it because the server kept killing me. Um, but I did MP10 hardcore, self-found gear only, and uh, that was pretty fun.
3: Yeah, I recently started playing hardcore, and I'm I'm. It feels like a whole new game. I, I did the the barbarian because at low levels and going slow, I I mean I felt like when I even on softcore, the barbarian was easier to do. That when you're not super rich off the bat, and all that it seemed really easy to progress and. Stay a lot of people I know seem to stay alive a lot, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to get very far, but that's pretty fun to me. I love the way the economy is in that, and I also agree with you. I, I personally don't like leveling up either. I, I don't mind doing paragoning, but I I can't stand having to get to level 60. That's why I wanted to get the five characters there so that once I want to play any of the other alts, I can just get the, get right onto it and get that part out of the way. I don't I don't really like um the beginning of games and the initial level ups myself either. So I think that's pretty cool that you have that in common. Yeah. I, I,
1: I, I have a quick question and it's gonna to totally sidetrack us off the interview for a minute, but um just in I, I came to the realization as Simcoe, you were talking, what do do you think that the whole multiple difficulty system is antiquated and that they possibly should have just done uh one through sixty is act one through four and then once you hit 60 you unlock inferno essentially so there'd only be two difficulties. Do you think that would have been better? Cuz that that seems to be the one of the biggest complaints that I've heard from just about everybody who isn't used to playing Diablo in the multiple difficulty settings that that they basically their argument is why do I want to play through the game more than once?
0: Yeah. So this is an interesting point. It's kind of a legacy of old systems that really doesn't have much of a place anymore because players can see through it. It's pretty transparent. It's it's essentially pointless. Um, one of the failings of Diablo Three has been the lack of any real meaningful crafting system until very recently. And you know, essentially that that makes leveling pointless. You know, in a game like World of Warcraft, you can be leveling up your skinning, you can be collecting enchanting materials, you can be leveling up, you know, whatever. So there's at least some purpose to playing through some of the levels. Now, playing through all ninety of them, I'm not sure is relevant any more than it is in Diablo 3. But playing through sixty levels of the game and playing through three difficulties, you know, is it's. It's kind of pointless, really. It would be better to have it be an Inferno. Um, It would be better to get rid of some of that grind because it doesn't add anything to the game. Now, in a game where you actually are finding things of value and you're finding things that are going to be important to you after you've reached maximum level... Uh, without paragon included then you have a system that's important to play through even at low levels because you're contributing to your ultimate end position but when your end position is not impacted in any way whatsoever by your former position then the two are completely disjointed and and should not be put together
3: that's very interesting I've never, i haven't even really thought about that whole concept really i don't think at all and um even how nev was just saying about Having one strict difficulty. I, I actually I love that idea. And I'm surprised we never that we haven't brought that up or haven't thought about that before.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's. I was just going to say it's like writing a novel. One of the one of the tenets of you know core tenets of writing a novel or writing any story is don't include things in the story that aren't relevant to the story's overall plot. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean you don't just put superfluous random crap in there. And in a game like Diablo three that the story arc you know is okay, but essentially the first one to 60 when you have to do it in three different difficulties two of those difficulties are superfluous they are irrelevant because they don't impact the rest of the story which is inferno and paragon they have no relevance to inferno and paragon yeah so i would would you concur
2: uh yeah i'm more or less the same way um it, it it would be a lot uh better on the uh the gaming soul uh if you want to call it that uh, like once you play through acts 1 through 4 that you're done, you're level 60 or, or you're close to it. And uh, you just go back for a little bit of grind or you just move on to Inferno. Uh, I think that's what gets a lot of people, uh, especially the new people, not Unlock Myself, but but who aren't used to the style. Uh, come back and they get they play through your level third, anyway between 30 and 35. Uh, if you don't do any MP level modification uh for normal and then you have to do it again it, it just kind of wears in you especially when you're doing it for uh for other characters and like myself who was in the beta since november so i played that first area as well as other people who were in beta A lot. (laughs) So here it's almost like you almost get bogged down by the story itself. Like, okay, I know this already. You just start speed running through it and then you start missing the point of going through and the loot hunt throughout the acts. Uh, But even with that considered, it doesn't really matter because you just want to get to level 60 as fast as you can because you know everything before it doesn't matter. Because you want to get to the BOA stuff, you want to get to Paragon leveling, you want to get to uh, finding legendary uh, level sixty uh, or, or iLevel level sixty three legendaries and above. So it's more of a hindrance, and it would be. And thinking forward to the expansion, it's almost like a staircase effect. You 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 do normal, you go up the next floor, the nightmare next, and then you finish it. You go up to uh, hell. And then inferno and then when the expansion comes out there's a there's another act or two and then you go back down to the first level and then you go back again it's very it's very disjointed in that matter it would be a a lot smoother for the game a lot more consistent for the game especially now that we have inferno which is technically not a regular difficulty because it's only accessible after 60 Uh, and then throwing paragon leveling in which is only after 60, and then how are they going to work that into uh, where everything starts off of for us as far as mid to late end Paragon level characters versus the fresh level 60, how are they going to balance that? So that also brings up a balance issue for expansions in the future.
1: Um, Yeah, I, I I knew I was running the risk of sidetracking the interview completely, but I I just I had to ask that question because it it just dawned on me. I'm like, oh, it it seems like I mean I, I'm just going to take one case example here, and and that would be uh Lantarian News, who's this is, is Papa Kangaroo, Mister Medros himself, Mister Donforge. Um, he basically got through act four normal and um stepped into nightmare and then said yeah okay i'm done because it's the same game over even though it's slightly different and i, I think you know being being that my experience goes all the way back to diablo one it, it would have felt weird well I should say, coming from Diablo 2, it would feel weird not to have multiple difficulty levels. I think overall, a lot of the Diablo fanbase would have really freaked out if they hadn't gone that direction. Now it's like, in hindsight, it's like, maybe they should have completely thrown that convention out. And just gone with the, uh, you know, you finish the game and you're ready for the end game.
3: Yeah, but don't you agree that in Diablo 2, playing it again seemed better? than playing it again in Diablo 3 for instance. Diablo 3, yes, it's randomized, but it doesn't feel nearly as randomized as Diablo 2 did, and it's definitely, I mean, I don't think it is, maybe it's just me playing it slow, but definitely seems extremely shorter than Diablo 2 was, the basic story, and the mass amounts of the areas that you could go through. I like the mapping. Way better in Diablo 2. Um, when I played in the Nightmare, I felt like there was more. I felt like it was almost a different game. Not completely, but a lot more different than Diablo 3 is. Just Diablo 3 seems way too linear for me to want to play. I mean, I'm addicted to Diablo, so I'm going to play it no matter what. But for anyone who's not, like Medros, for instance, to him to want to play um, Nightmare right into it when he's, the interest isn't wasn't already there, I can see why it's hard. You know?
1: I don't know. It's food for thought. Maybe Diablo Four, if there is one. Um, maybe they'll they'll decide to go that direction. Or I I get it's not too. I I wouldn't put it, you know, beyond the realm of possibility that they could throw that out with an expansion. That that could fix a few things. Maybe not. Maybe they're too. Too stuck on it, but I guess we'll see. But um, let's get back to the interview. Um, because this isn't uh, a community roundtable, but um, so uh, Sipko, of of all of your experiences in Diablo, uh, I'm speaking Diablo one, two, Lord of Destruction three, um, and pre and post Inferno nerfs and everything. What what would be your fondest memory or moment in Diablo?
0: Sorceress item farming with Enigma. The end. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fond memories. I mean, I have burned um, in a combined total, I'm just guessing, I, mean, I know of about 1,300 hours in Diablo 3, uh, Diablo 1, Diablo 2. I mean, I, I wouldn't even hazard to guess. Uh, we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of my life invested in those games, um, which I will never get back, and I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that because... I had some of my best gaming memories in Diablo 2. Things like, you know, trading SOJs yeah. and, uh, you know, accidentally going hostile and accidentally killing people. It was a total accident. Oh. Memory, um, ever-loving
3: memory. You
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I mean, just, just the concept of going into, you know, the the, the, the pit in, in Act 1 and knowing that it was a great location to farm certain items, doing bail runs over and over. I mean, um Oh man, Pindle skin runs—all great memories.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, just, I, like, where did all these ears come from? <laughs> they, they just popped into my inventory. What, what's going on?
0: Exactly, I, I have no. Well, clue when someone killed you, Navika, um, you weren't supposed
3: to pick up your own ear.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> But uh, bringing it a little more current, in terms of Diablo 3, I mean, in 1300 hours you'd like to think it had a few good memories along the way. And um, yeah, I would say I, I, I did, you know, I think um, doing I, I did some Ubers recently with some friends and when we had a blast, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it's hard to think about those memories as being as iconic, but then they're not as old, so nostalgia hasn't really kicked in as hard. I think I'll always remember Diablo 3 as being a lot of fun, I'm just not sure if it'll have the same iconic memories as Diablo Two. Time will tell. I agree one hundred percent. I, I'm still,
1: I'm still drinking the Kool Aid. So I, I, I'm positive that when we do finally get the first expansion, that Diablo Three will be a significantly different and incredibly better experience than it currently is. And that's saying a lot because I still enjoy the game quite a bit. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, despite what people think about my reporting of Diablo Three and my my commentary on it, I, I keep it real. You know, one of the things I do is keep it real. So, you know, there may come a part in the show you have to edit out in order to not offend <laughs> you know, Blizzard, but it's uh it i I don't know what they think of my stuff, but it's pretty real. It's it's legitimate issues where issues are found, but at the same time I have been a constant um Fan of the game since since you know since Diablo one and that includes the transition to Diablo three where the people involved in the game changed and I still enjoy Diablo three and I still play it and I still like it and I still cover it and I still believe that it's going to be a great game even though today it's just a good game right
3: mm-hmm. that's really well said um just real quick about the Diablo expansion because how we were talking about leveling now you think there necessarily would be a good idea for them to change the leveling system when Diablo 3 comes out or just do absolutely nothing with it and let you level, do the same old leveling scheme again with whatever new classes they come out with. Um, Because what I was trying to figure out is, are they going to do your base level is at level 80 now and then you Paragon or, you know, I can't even ponder what they would want to do with that because if they raise the base level, are all your, Paragon level 20s that have 60 you gotta like stop Paragoning and then get your level 80 or you know that's that's something I think they really better think hardly on because I would I would hate if they did that. I don't know how you feel about that.
2: Um, yeah uh, if I could actually jump in on that. Yeah, yeah I've actually felt the same way because uh, if you kind of think of the difficulties as a as I was saying before, if you think of it like a four-story building, first floor is normal, second, second floor is Nightmare, so on and so forth. When you build that expansion, when you build that next tower building next to it, that follows the same format. Uh, it's very disjointed. And then you throw in Paragon and you throw in Inferno. Um, I, I can't for the life of me figure out how they're going to do it. It's like they could... Uh, have you just go through the gambit where you just do it in when you do Act 5 in normal Nightmare Hell and then you're back in Inferno again? Um, that's probably what they're going to do. Uh, it would be better if somehow uh, that Act 5 normal kind of started off at, uh, I would say, Hell or. Uh, around hell difficulty of act 4 just so it seemed a little bit more continuous That's why you don't have that difficulty drop and then it comes back up mm-hmm. uh, other- Otherwise, I don't know how you match it up, especially with all the paragon 100s 90s 80s even 20s or 10s running around that have Plus 200 vitality plus 300 of the primary stat you're artificially higher than where you where you mm-hmm. normally be so that also throws a kink at the change because now it, it, it kind of boils down to like the typical MMO issue when you come out with an expansion. of You have all these high-end raiders and you have to balance out them versus the fresh level 50s or 60s that have just greens or blues. And you have to balance both of those types of players out. And usually what happens is you raise the gear in uh, this in the tense of the question you're asking or the difficulty uh, to the point of where it's above the max player, which would be which would be shifting it from uh, the same cycle as far as going down to normal and then uh, hell nightmare and inferno and just starting it off at the hell difficulty of Act four and then when you get there you just cool. go off from there. Uh, that's the only way I could really see it working without weird distorted ability, uh curved mm-hmm. down and back up.
1: My my speculation, and this is based off of I, I don't quite remember um, because I was around when Lord of Destruction came out. Sibco um, might be able to help me out with this, but uh, I I do believe that when Lord of Destruction came out, they they did a ladder reset. Mm-hmm. I think. That may be the direction that they will go with in terms of when they do eventually get that first expansion out. I think basically what they're going to do is do a ladder reset that so that everybody starts at square one again. And a lot of people are not going to like that, but um, I, I think the itemization is going to change so drastically that it's really not going to be that big of a deal if you had to start over from level one and do it all over again. So, that that's my expectation. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen, is that we're going to see our first ladder reset yeah. with, with the first expansion. And even
3: if they do, for anyone who doesn't want to start over, I'm sure they'll have a non-ladder area, yeah, so course. you can just keep playing. It doesn't really matter, but I, ladder ladder resets are amazing. That was the best thing about D2, one of the best things. I mean, talk about going from, oh, man, the economy is just garbage, to... Oh, I found a pull rune I'm rich again. It's awesome It's the best feeling ever to start running again and having the excitement of latter-day and you find your first legendary And I mean that's it's pretty much how I'm feeling playing hardcore right now, you know It and if I remember right when Diablo 2 came out I mean don't call me. I could be completely wrong didn't can, Do you have to have a new character? You could just convert your Diablo 2 character to a Lord of Destruction character. I'm pretty sure Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I couldn't remember how I did it because I didn't have. But it,
1: would, it wouldn't It would be a ladder character. Right.
3: You'd have to start a completely new character if you wanted it to be on the ladder. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, I mean, it wouldn't be. Something like that would be legible to me to think of doing it that way. And to save the economy with the auction house, they're going to have to do something where they're going to just kill the value of gold or something or make it better, I mean, you know. Because if with under a year we got everything's going for two billion that's you know really good now in six more months how many memples of twilight are going to be out there how many six crit chance memples are going to be there i mean we're going to start paying seventy five thousand gold for for a mempo of a twilight so they got to do something to keep it going otherwise this, this game's not going to last that long which is very unfortunate
1: So, code do you remember exactly what happened when lord of destruction came out
0: yeah, I'm trying hard to remember the actually, you know, series of events that took place when the when the X-Pack hit, but I, I don't remember, you know, the details of that particular day. It's just lost, lost to the fog of memory. But um, you know, I, I think, I think Diablo III is pretty screwed in that regard. Um, th- there's no way they can increase the base level, and, and the fact that they have a base level and a Paragon system separately is a disaster to begin with. Um, So let's not pull any punches on that one. Um, Because in Diablo 2, the two things were integrated into one smooth curve. And and that's a problem. So when you do come to an expansion point and you want to move further endgame, either you just leave Paragon the way it is and add in an additional act, or you add in additional classes and hope that everybody plays them, or you create a ladder system and reset the general game and do whatever you want. You can add as many levels as you want to the base level because everybody, everybody's starting over. I, I'm not sure that they'll do that. I don't know what the new game director will do, but man, that would be a huge upheaval for people because um, they've said all along they will never do that. Um, I, the way that I've seen them take things out of the economy to date, it's been a very small amount of time we've had to uh, sort of analyze it, but they're taking the World of Warcraft approach which is to continually introduce better items than what you can possibly achieve in the current game. Therefore, you must acquire those items. Therefore, the old items become useless.
1: And I, I, I hope they don't go down that direction because it's just going to get to the point where the difference between a fresh 60 and a veteran 60 is going to be so incredibly ridiculous. Like it already is. I mean, a fresh 60 in non-twinked compared to somebody who has you know 1300 hours and has you know a couple billion gold and can just you know buy pretty much virtually perfect items it's just it's such a huge gear disparity that it's you know it's it's intimidating for a new player i i don't know but let's get back to the interview i really don't want to sidetrack the the (laughs) interview too much with like fully fledged show content but um everybody um, likes that
3: though so what i know i know
1: so dread um with your i i'm not i i don't want to say limited experience but between diablo 2 and diablo 3 i i hope that there's a moment that stood out for you as your favorite what what would that be
2: um one I finally beat Diablo on Aphroda. Granted it was it was right before the MP patch so it actually still kind of met something. Yeah, I <laughs> <it's an> <laughs> IQ, <laughs> it yeah. Yeah, it it it, is. it, 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 it wasn't Unfortunately, uh, it wasn't like, you know, hardcore. oh my god, I'm ramming my forehead into the wall for an hour just to pay 100,000 gold repair bills to move like half a screen Inferno like it was when the game first came out. But it was just nice to finally say, okay, I completed the game fully on one character and I'd be able to go on. Yeah, pre-104 nerf
1: to Inferno and 105 nerf to Inferno.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, pretty much. Um, but yeah that's what really sticks out as far as like you know just finally getting all the way through all the acts all the bosses just having said okay I completed the game fully and completely uh, on the wizard and then uh, moving on to the demon hunter and then subsequent uh, characters but other
3: than achievement wise do you have any like certain Diablo thing that other than you know progression that you enjoy a ton like for me Mine was the the Ubers back in Diablo 2. I mean I had so much time and me and my brother-in-law had so much you know bonding playing the Ubers. I mean that was to me was awesome or or getting uh, Diablo clone to to walk the earth was crazy is there any like Diablo in-game like or an item even that you found that was just like you're never gonna forget as well or is that still the, the achievement still would be on the top of your list?
2: Um. I guess, uh, in addition to that, it was the first legendary I found, you know, having that experience of, oh, yeah. oh my god, a legendary. Uh, it was an immortal king's <laughs> chest. And I I liked it so... I, I didn't keep it, but it was so awesome. And it was actually a decent one for what it was. And I got 10 mil for it. And that was awesome. Because that was the first time I ever got to the millions of yeah. gold in anything. Yeah, that's, that's so the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Millions and millions of gold. It was <laughs> right. Like, it's like, yes, I can finally upgrade my worth. Yeah, my, 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 was, my like, first the, was uh,
3: the Redemption. I thought it was amazing, too. Pretty much the exact same road where you are. See, that's the kind of stuff that like really... Um, jumps out in my mind like stuff that gets you shaken when you're playing, you know.
2: Yeah, in fact, um, I got I was playing uh, a little earlier, ready to, to get back into it uh, before the show, you know, get the juices flowing. And I got a pair of Stormguard Bracers for like uh, basically max and on them, like 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 pseudo perfect almost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, they still exist. I got them. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs>
1: well since lantonio shared one of his favorite moments i will just briefly um reiterate my favorite diablo moment <laughs> um i this was back in the diablo 2 lord of destruction days and i was playing a singing barb i i remember we were playing act five i don't remember what level this was but um a guy came in and it was a Boazon who was out leveled everybody by at least 20 levels and went hostile with us and started, you know, PKing everybody. Well, me and this other Amazon that was friendly to me uh, were the last two not to succumb to this PKer, and I was able to leap on top of him and then stun lock him with my uh, shout. What I forget which one it was. It, it was the war cry that would stun, and I was able to lock him down while the boson took him down. So that still by far is my favorite Diablo memory just figured I'd, re- I'd share that
3: again. No, it's awesome to go back to those moments where you get to beat someone who's trying to get the easy beat down on everyone and kind of give it back to someone who really deserves it, you know? Yeah. I <laughs> love it.
1: So, Antonio, you want to ask the next question?
3: Sure thing. Um, I have, and I know I enjoy it in Sikwa. You were saying how you do like the lore of the stories. Um, have you guys read any of the Diablo novels, including the, the new... Um, what's it called, Sin War books, or any of the originals by Richard Nock, or uh, Mel Odom or any of them?
0: So, I'll, I'll jump in on okay. that one. Much as I'm a big fan of Richard's, I I don't read anymore. Um, it's, it's something that hurts my eyes, it's painful, it, <laughs> I have to hold the thing, you know, it's like I, I don't know. They need to make more videos. Is what I'm saying. That well, I have oh yeah, been waiting. You no, know,
3: you could
1: always go to bit.ly/sspbook and get the Nate Kenyon's Diablo Three: The Order on audiobook and listen to the lore.
0: always do that. Oh, I could do that, probably. I do like audiobooks. You know, it, it's one of those things that I'm trying to find... I, I it's, it's so funny for me to say this. You guys have no idea how ridiculous... Like, it's so ridiculous for me to talk like this, because I grew up reading hundreds of books. You know, hundreds and hundreds. I have probably read more books than your average college lit major, and and more complex books. I mean, everything from, from Ulysses to Kafka to, you know, uh, you name it, to freaking... Um, stupid romance novels. God, I don't know. I've probably read everything when sitting in airports waiting for flights and there was crap all to buy. I don't know. I've read it all. And yet at the same time, now that I'm doing so many, so much video work and so many video games, I just don't read as much anymore. And I used to get worried about it, but now I'm not that worried about it. I really enjoy the medium of um, video. So, I'm looking for more video stuff. That being said, I, I love lore in general. But I love lore when it's presented in an immersive format, so whenever the lore is something that you notice without having to go look for it, that's what really sets a game apart for mm-hmm. me. And Diablo two did a fantastic job of that. You were exposed to the lore and the story without really having to dig into it and find it. You were just part of that world. It, it really did a good job of putting you in the world. Um, so maybe this weekend I'll break that habit and go get an audio book on from, from Diablo three, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
1: Um... Nate Kenyon's The Order is really good I listen to it and because I drive a lot so I have more time to listen than to read so audiobooks is definitely the way that I go
3: and Dred how about you do you do any of the Diablo the novels or
2: um I'm kind of on the same thing <laughs> I don't have unfortunately I do oh have come on people reading this fundamental <laughs> let's not say time
3: let's just say games are more intriguing
2: (laughs) (laughs) games websites the 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 new wife uh (laughs) everything else the hamster (laughs) in the cage right next to me everything um no actually the funny thing is i i do have the order it's in my car i did begin reading it and then all oh, hell broke loose with the wedding last year. So I do have it, but it, if it was up to me, I get the audiobook because, uh, how you're saying, I drive an easily, I drive half an hour to work, and because of traffic, it takes me 45 minutes to get home. So I get very easily listen to the story, uh, to and from work every day. And, uh, that's how I would, uh, do it.
0: Um, okay. uh, I was, sorry Dredd, I was just going to add and, and speaking of audiobooks if I was going to buy a Diablo 3 audiobook I would definitely go and visit my friends at audible.com
1: <laughs> 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 oh, oh, this is fun but um, okay so <laughs> this this next question is extremely loaded um, so uh, I'll start with you Dredd what has been your favorite part about Diablo 3 um, the story, possibly the loot um, the difficulty curve prior to the nerfs or maybe post nerfs. PV, well, me.
2: <laughs>
1: Brawling. <laughs> or, or the auction house, including the real money auction house. Or what has been your least favorite?
2: I think my most favorite, uh, oddly enough, I've always been a leveling junkie. Uh, back in WoW, I always knew the best ways to level as far as planning the raids, doing the quests in the right order. Um... I voluntarily was second uh, level 70 back in B.C. only because I knew I had work in the morning (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so somebody else got uh, first level 70 but I didn't mind. Uh, I I always find the Loving game interesting because it's a finite goal and you know what you have to do, you know what you need to do. And uh, it, it's very simple compared to the overall grand scheme of the game as far as uh, min-maxing stats and then finding the gear or you can go to auction house. I, I, I generally like the leveling uh, game a lot more than probably your average player. Um, and also the, the variances uh, when I first got into Inferno, uh, just getting bamboozled by the first you know whatever it was <laughs> like shielding m- mortar uh you know bend you over and have their way with you affects uh it, it, that's what it was uh, uh the first time in inferno and as, as much as it sucked uh playing with friends and like you know yeah, we got past that first pact. We're only a quarter away to the to the uh, uh, Forsaken Cemetery. Yeah, let's go. Let's spend another hour getting there. Um, that was fun back in the day. Uh, I say back in the day. God, the game's not even a year old. Um, <laughs> but that was probably like my, my favorite. Uh, I really don't have a excruciating dislike or of anything uh, in Diablo Three. Uh, can't say I hate anything with a rip roaring passion. But, uh, nothing and Sib,
1: what, what's been your favorite and least favorite part of Diablo 3? Hmm, well, <laughs> like, like, like I said, loaded question. question.
0: Yeah, mm. <laughs> Um. So let's start with my favorite part of Diablo 3. I think my favorite part of Diablo 3 was finding probably my Echoing Fury on my Immortal King's Helm. Um those are probably my favorite two things because they were ultra valuable and ultra cool to find and completely just random. Uh, so, so I really, really enjoyed that. What I also enjoy about Diablo 3 is the amazing combat engine and physics of the game. And the, you know, the art doesn't do so well on close inspection, but when you're looking at it from an isometric view, it looks pretty amazing. And some of the some of the models are just fantastic. But I really love the physics of the game. I love the combat engine of the game. So, for me, the reason the game never gets old is because the combat is just so much fun to play. And that's that's a constant best moment for me. Uh, when i I tell you what my absolute best moment is from a combat point of view. It's when my barbarian uses Hammer of the Ancients and hits one of the monsters, and they literally fly <laughs> yes. across the screen. That is yeah, absolutely my best. It, it's uh, such a true. pure...
1: Like... In- um... what what's the word i'm looking for like um oh my goodness i'm so yeah i'm like thinking back like uh it's a sense of joy i know i know the word that i'm looking for it's such a primal
0: joy
3: there you go
0: oh yeah yeah absolutely i like that so so that's really fun um Oh, uh, uh, so we have about another two hours, right? Because I'm going to answer this question in about two hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, the, we, this...
2: we, we, we've done this before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep it pretty short. But uh, yeah, I do have a few disappointments about episode three. You don't say. Um, one. Yeah, there, there, there are a couple that have come up from time to time. My biggest disappointment, um, I'm going to classify it, that's how, that's how I'm going to answer this question, is the thing I like the least, or my biggest disappointment, was the removal of ruins from the game. And it doesn't matter how you want to argue the point, point, and it doesn't matter how you want to explain it away, or how you want to complain about inventory space, that's all... That's all stuff that could be addressed in a hundred different ways. The bottom line was the rune system to modify spells and effects was by far one of the most powerful systems in the game that made it interesting, unique, and fun to play. And um, they they really went in the wrong direction with that.
3: So you were on the um, beta before it all changed, correct? Okay. So I never got a chance to do that. I was always wondering... Was the rune system kind of like um, how D2 was, where you had a skill tree? How did that work exactly? I mean, just if, if you can summarize it shortly, I it guess. It really
1: dropped all that much, right? And those that did, didn't, they weren't really multiple levels
0: of them, right? Yeah, it wasn't ever really implemented the right way, right, Dread?
2: No, um, in beta... See, so here's the thing uh, that people think... the. Uh, actually, here, uh, I guess I could kind of answer the question in uh, a backtrack confession. Uh, the one, the, my least favorite thing with the game it is now is the way it was never properly tested in beta because we were given the skills in a fashion that they were rotating but we never knew where they were going to fall level-wise, so we never knew how good they were going to be. But to jump back quickly to uh, Runestones, Runeswords were always in flux during Alpha, the Friends of Family Alpha and Beta, and they were never implemented in Beta. They were never tested. Uh, it wasn't until about two weeks before, uh, okay, maybe three, uh, two to three weeks before the game came out, that we finally knew what Runeswords were going to be, and they were essentially World of War, World of Warcraft glyphs. I mean, when you go back and think about it that way. The, the major and minor glyphs and World of Warcraft, that's essentially the system they carried over to Diablo. They just gave every spell, six of them, and then said be on your merry way. But rune zones themselves were never never dropped, were never implemented in beta. So we never even got a chance to test that kind of thing, let alone the mystic or other things that were never implemented in the beta.
3: Yeah, because when I first started, um, when I first got into the beta, which was only like a month or two before release, i was thinking i was gonna have skill trees and stuff because i wasn't following it too well on the internet to see what had been changed and stuff that kind of disappointed me i wanted to be able to use synergies and stuff kind of how i did in d2 so
1: well you know an expansion can upheave everything and uh based on whoever they get at the helm um after jay wilson's departure and uh, i'm uh here comes another (laughs) sidetrack. um i'm still a little concerned that uh we i mean i obviously you know you you don't just hire somebody to be your new game director you know there needs to be a vetting period and need to make sure that the right person for the right job and but it's like we haven't heard anything the the last thing that i heard from from mr j wilson was he was having fun in vegas so
3: it's like um do you think that they actually don't have someone or they just haven't announced it yet? Because, I mean, the sheer fact that they say, oh, they didn't fire Jay Wilson, they moved him on, if they had planned on moving him on because that's just what they had planned on, you'd think they would have kind of thought of it of in advance. And I just, I had a theory that maybe they just knew who they were, they were just waiting for the right time, like an announcement um, of the expansion, like, oh, we're with the new director and he's going to tell you about the expansion, even though we don't know who it is yet, but I have a feeling maybe they do. Or don't you think so?
1: I don't know, um, Suko. Do, do you have any opinions, ideas, theories?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I mean, it, it would be the first time I don't. Um, you know, I, you know, my experience with business it, it sort of would, would lead me to believe that it would be hard to hire somebody from within the company unless they were outside of the Diablo Three team, because it would beg the question: Well, why weren't they the director in the first place? and it would be them stepping up as a second best. Hey, the other guy didn't work out, can you fill his shoes? Thanks much. And, and that's not a cool way to approach filling the position for an already troubled game. Uh, I think they need to find somebody on the outside, or somebody who just has so much history with the game and had so much involvement, like say a Wyatt Chang, that they were kind of outside the scope of a Jay Wilson. Um, that would be something that would be possible maybe but i think it's 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 fraught with danger i think bringing somebody in from the outside is also fraught with danger because they, they may not know you know blizzard so and we saw that with jay wilson jay wilson was from outside of blizzard he had never worked on a blizzard product prior to Diablo 3 and um, you know it's it, it's uh, i think it's unfair to lay all the blame for the ga- for the game's failings on his feet i i don't think that's realistic um, I also don't think that he was well-suited to that kind of game genre. It doesn't fit his resume in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, that being said, I think they will wait until BlizzCon to maybe fully do it. I could see that happening. I, I'm not sure that they're going to announce yeah. it for that because I think, I think they're going to rely on BlizzCon to revitalize the game because one of two things is going to happen, and this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but one of two things is going to happen. The game is going to fade to being somewhat irrelevant because of the competition that's coming out throughout this year, or towards between now and BlizzCon, they're gonna announce something or some things that are gonna allow the game to take its its place at at the top of the pile where I think it should be. And that's that's really up to them. They can easily do it. The question on my mind is whether they really want to do it.
1: I I just checked and um, the game director position is still open, so.
0: Yeah, from a from an investor point of view, I mean, they have investors. They have Activ- Activision to be reporting to as well, um, so they have to do their due diligence and finding the right person for the job just like any job it's a leadership position it's running a business it's being responsible for dollars it's being it's being responsible for budget it's being responsible for a lot of people and you know it's being responsible for ongoing success so if they have already already determined that they're going to have an expansion which is going to require investment dollars on their part to create then they're going to have to find a director who can shepherd that product into a profitable situation. And profitable is what they're going to look for. And if they can't find someone to do that, they're just going to keep pushing it out until they do or just not do it. But I think they'll do it because the first box sales were so successful. And I think even though people complain about it, they will be successful with an expansion. The reason being is that it's it's great when people love your game. It's great when people hate your game. It's bad when nobody talks about your game.
1: That's actually a point right there. Never thought about it quite in that fashion. So let's let's move away from Diablo just a little bit, um, because this interview is starting to get a long, and you know, I'm starting to think that possibly this will just be released separately as a fully fledged show slash interview. So, but um, Sipco, what led you to starting up Red Team Gaming, and why YouTube?
0: That's a great question. I, I needed the money desperately. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, give me one second. Um, can you guys ask Dread that question real quick? I, I just need to do okay, it very, yeah, very no urgently.
1: Um, so,
0: That's a sugar so, daddy
1: Dredd, in the
2: background.
1: Dredd, <laughs> let, let me s- transition to this different question. Um, how did you come to be involved with Red Team Gaming and SIPCO?
2: Um, Well, I had uh, my website, uh, it's almost a year and a half old, Uh, the baby, they grow up so quickly. Um, And last Christmas, uh, after a short hiatus, uh, getting married, all this rest of that stuff, I uh, took up the site, uh, brought it back up, uh, got it updated. And I was fortunate enough to be one of, I think, eight uh, fan sites slash Just general community personalities who got uh, uh, various Christmas gifts which was five signed collector's editions, the development team signed one, I'm looking at it right now on my shelf. Uh, It's a prize collectible that I have. And uh, the Tyrael mini statues that were from the BlizzCon 11. and. Sipco in, in his best uh, personality was posting his YouTube stuff on Diablo fans, and some people hated it, some people liked it, and uh, but I liked it because I miss I uh, missed the, the days of the long form po- podcast. I mean, everyone, everyone nowadays just seemed to do, do five to ten minute things, and I'm like, give me something else to listen to while I'm at work uh, in the background or farming. You know, give me something substantial and. Qualitative and you know actually dig deep and not trying to do like sound bites to get plugs here and there with everybody else So I liked it and I contacted him and uh, I volunteered to give him uh, lend uh, one of the collector edition and material statues to uh, contest that he would run and then uh, eventually I he invited me on to a state of Diablo podcast and so
1: you now that so we, you bribed your way on
2: Uh, you could say that as i roll my eyes but no it it was just it was just a general longing to do podcast again um and now that i did a few with him i've actually started my own podcast up again for my website and uh the site's channel and uh it's just nice to do those things again because that's the new medium nowadays uh the, the old days of uh doing form work and Chat channels—it uh, doesn't quite work nowadays. You have to be on the social media. You have to be on the YouTube. You have to kind of put yourself out there, and it—it uh, it, it works quite well. Uh, it just. Uh, A lot of work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I forget how much it uh, takes to do the audio, put the audio into uh, Vegas, and then do the video, do the rendering, do the uploading, do the descriptions, the linking. Uh, It's a lot of work, but it's worth it because the end product is uh, something you show off, and you're you're always learning, and it always helps to do that with these kind of things, keep you motivated.
1: Yeah, so as a quick follow-up, you you keep referring to... Your own podcast, and we we heard you mention it briefly at the beginning. But what is your Diablo podcast or project, or whatever whatever you want to call it? And where can people find it?
2: Uh, thanks. Uh, basically, Diablo. Yeah, uh, basically, the website came first, and that's diabloexpressions.com dot um, That was basically my project to try to gather the community together around, and uh, basically just. Supply a place where I would do news, uh, do some linkings around the community, point some things out, and uh, do some, I would say, articles of original content because far too often I think uh, we can all say we go looking for websites, go for fan sites, and we just realize they're just reposting blues and not really doing anything of their own. So I wanted to break out of the mold and actually do original content. I have a whole bunch of uh, PvP articles. Uh, up on there but now that I've started to get on to the podcast and with YouTube um, I have a couple different things like every week i I've, I'm doing like a blue post uh, roundup that's one of the series but just point out five to six of the blue posts and just make small commentaries on them you know, but just a nice little roundup of uh, all the week's blues uh, I have uh, a two different shows with two different meanings and I hope these go well, and I really want these to go. These kind of be like the uh, carryover series. One's called Let's Fix, and uh, that's where I give my own ideas on how to fix Diablo itself uh, Diablo 3, that is. <laughs> and the other one, which I'm eagerly waiting to get into because me and Sipco have had way too many conversations with how MMOs and RPGs uh, should be done, and just seeing so much. Innovation with uh, the new and upcoming uh, action RPGs with uh, Marvel Heroes and uh, Battle of Exile, and comparing and contrasting the pluses and minuses from each one of them uh, is the MMO RPG Revolt, where I'm just going to try to go system by system and basically explode it, make it dead, uh, kill it again, run it over a bulldozer, and then try to rebuild it to where it's fun it's interesting it's something new and the player feels that they have more control over this over the systems and it's more custom, more custom uh customized for uh the community as well so those are my big uh, pet projects and that i'm looking to get off the ground or have started already and uh that that's what i'm trying to do
1: well um so let, let let's circle back around to you what got you started in doing red team gaming
0: oh i was talking about how i really needed the money because youtube pays such big dollars right (laughs) um it was basically you know i've 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 done fan sites my first i think my first fan site was ultima online in 1997 and uh You know, before that, I would loved games, obviously, as I mentioned, I played them since 1982, but that was a really exciting experience for me because I got to see what it was like to create a place where community could come together and talk about something that we shared, which was a love of gaming. And I sort of didn't really understand just how much I enjoyed that for a long time. So uh, over the years, I really wanted to do something like that again. and I never had the chance. I never had the either wherewithal, time, you know, whatever. Lots of stuff, and I suddenly just, as as Devil Three was getting ready to come out, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a who's a um, executive producer for for um, the NFL, and you know does knows a lot about videos. And I said, you know, what do you think about this YouTube thing? And he's like, yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm like, well, I'm thinking of starting this channel. I you know, I just have this this idea that I really want to share my passion for games with other people and my, my quirky, eccentric personality, and you know, I think that'll go well with like Devil Three. And so it was really Diablo 3 coming out that really spurred me to finally decide that, yes, I want to make a YouTube channel. And before that, YouTube was non-existent to me, right? So, like, I I was not a YouTube watcher. I was not a YouTube person before I decided to create the channel. And since then, I don't watch anything else. Um, I actually canceled my cable. So... It's it was an interesting uh, sort of journey for me, and it continues to be an interesting journey, but really it all revolves around the fact that RTG, Red Team Gaming, is about a community of gamers that come together to share, learn, understand, and discuss a passion for gaming and how it affects three areas. The tagline that we have for Red Team Gaming is Think, Live, Game. And the way that I like to approach it is I like to discuss how gaming affects the way, you know, you you live and think and thinking affects the way you live and game and how all these things tie together and what they mean as a whole and how gaming is a cultural phenomenon. It's something that has now touched the lives of hundreds of millions of people around the world and continues to grow. And so it's this concept of, um, just thinking about life, thinking about gaming, how gaming affects your life, how, and so forth and so on. And so It's this sort of amalgamation of different uh, thoughts ranging from the philosophical, to the newsworthy, to the pure fun, to the, you know, um, helping you play the games you want to play better, to just having a general chat about all sorts of kind of fun things in gaming. So um, yeah, it was just a passion to share the community. That's awesome.
1: So um, as a follow-up, You've had multiple guest hosts over the course of your just, just your State of the Diablo uh, series. Most of your other stuff is just mainly you solo, correct? Yes. Yeah, so what has led to having all these different voices and, well, I, I guess possibly perspectives is one of the reasons why you do have multiple people as guest hosts. But has it been like scheduling or just that, that you know, trying to have... Um, different voices different perspectives or just trying to promote different people within the community
0: so I, i would have people on every show if i had the wherewithal to coordinate it um because i love having community it's all about community so it's all about voices it's all about different different opinions and ideas and i love having conversation so so good conversation about gaming is what i'm aiming for and i'm always on the lookout for more guests. Um, so that's that invitation is, is, is fairly open but at the same time it's hard to find guests that are appropriate for some of these shows. It's just not an easy thing to do because you know some people have lots of feelings about games but don't know how to express them. And that is uh, a common problem. So it's finding people who know how to express themselves and do it well and are comfortable with being on the spot to discuss things. And so um, it's really been just about finding the right people. And as I continue to find the people that I think will add the most value to the community, I continue to reach out to them in the hopes that they'll want to be added to the process of discussing and being a part of RTG. And everyone that, you know, as I said in, in earlier videos, anyone and everyone who comments, likes, subscribes, whatever, who gets involved is a part of the RTG community, and um, that's what we're trying to build. So some of those people want to be more vocal, some of them don't. I can't open it up to everybody, but where I see a similar passion for gaming or a similar passion for sharing ideas about gaming or how it affects the way you think and look at the world or the way it affects the way in which you live, then I absolutely want to search out those people and add them as a voice. But it is primarily me and my thinking, so I'm looking for people to complement that.
3: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, So one other
1: thing that I've noticed is that Red Team Gaming covers a lot of different things, more than just Diablo. So um, my question to you, Sipko, is will you continue this um, multifaceted focus on just about everything that catches your eye? Or at some point, do you see yourself cutting back a little bit, maybe focusing on a few particular games that you have more of a rooted interest in?
0: yes and that's already happened and in fact in my last update video for the channel i finally decided to kind of um, make a decision on where the channel would be going. And the channel and the, the website that is coming out soon at redteamgaming.com, which is still very much a draft format. It is live for whatever bizarre reason. I believe in transparency and I haven't hidden it behind any kind of protection. I just put it out there and it's it's garbage form. But um, I am working on that because the, the, the channel itself will have the website, a little bit of live streaming on the weekends, and it'll have the YouTube portion. And it's going to focus exclusively on massively online universes. So any Anything that is a massively online universe, whether it be World of Warcraft, Star Wars The Old Republic, Guild Wars 2, um, Terra, Diablo 3, Path of Exile, anything that has those components is going to be eligible to be on the channel. But things like Don't Starve, Black Ops 2, Battlefield 3, those things will no longer have a place on the channel.
1: So as a quick follow up,
0: where do you find the time to do all this? I just don't sleep. I rely on lots and lots of drugs. <laughs> so that's how you that's do it. Secret. That's the secret. At least he's being honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, No. don't do drugs. Nope. Drugs are bad, okay? Um, no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nice catch, nice catch. Yeah. Um, right. I don't do anything Red like bowl of that. coffee then. <laughs> exactly. I do take a fair amount of coffee. Um, but, you know, it, it is time consuming. It takes a lot of time. I uh, have been trying to do about three videos a day. And I typically aim for that. I usually get two. I sometimes only get one, like last night when I was exhausted. But I aim for about three videos a day, and I make my videos typically between the hours of 8 p.m. and 4 a.m. And um, then I go to sleep about 4 a.m. or so, and I wake up again about 10 a.m. And that's, that's generally my day every day.
3: Busy bird.
1: Well, I've, I've ever since I, I discovered your um, state of Diablo, which I found on Diablo fans, of course. I've, I've been, you know, I've been following you, and I absolutely wanted to get you onto the Shadow Stone because we too are extremely community focused, and we love to promote people within the community who are doing interesting things, and, uh, you know, more so, are doing things that are worth sharing. So, I, I'm so so very happy to have you and dread on the show and i look forward to exploring diablo expressions as well now um because i don't recall ever seeing it being promoted anywhere so um now shattered tollstone's definitely going to be promoting it for you dread but um uh basically as as you might tell uh, we, we're going a little long so i'm trying to wrap this up so um dread um if you would could you go over anything and everything that you want to promote where people can find you, you know, either email or Twitter or whatever, you know, YouTube, um, now is your opportunity to, uh, you know, pimp it all.
2: Yeah. Pimp my bread. There we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, the main website is DiabloExpressions.com And basically from there, you can, you'll be able to find the Twitter, the Facebook, and the YouTube uh, there is a forums, and there is and I have and until further notice, I have a three hundred slot ventrilo server that's up for free use from anybody. Just keep a PC, keep it good, and uh, don't let me see any complaints about you. Um, and uh, if you go to the podcast, you'll see a running list of all the podcasts on the site. I do do articles uh, on there. Uh, granted, uh, doing a podcast uh is actually shorter than doing an article because every time i do an article it always winds up being about eight to nine pages in a word doc oh wow <laughs> before converting and formatting yeah it's it's like if you ask me now to do a college essay it would be like <laughs> like i'll write three thank you um so yeah i mean that's what it is um and unconfirmed unconfirmed things uh, I may be able to sneak in PAX East uh, for the PlayStation 3 reveal of uh, PlayStation 3 and 4 reveal of Diablo. Uh, working on that, working with the CMs uh, Valfair and Lilira on that one. Um, also trying to uh, make sure I'm basically in for BlizzCon again, unconfirmed, but just trying to make sure I'm in there. And uh, I'm also. Uh, working with uh, people at Steel Series to get some swag again. And uh, it's basically guaranteed, but I don't want to make anything known. And I'm going to have uh, a, a lottery uh, every month where, uh, regardless of what happens uh, with Steel Series, it's going to be a million gold, 100 million gold. It's going to be given away to three individual people as far as uh, 50 million to the first place, 35 to the second, and 15 to the third and uh that's going to be done every month and i'm hoping i can get some uh sweet still series uh diablo rated stuff on top of that for the first month which is march so uh always be on the lookout for that always trying to give out give to the community try to get stuff try to give uh some product reviews and uh just make sure the community is taken care of and if they want to express themselves if they want to go to forums and Give me questions to ask the CMs, or just submit and see if we if I can get some answers. I'm all for that. So that's that's what I been
1: Awesome! I'm I'm super super excited to I, I it's it's so funny. I I never I did not know about Diablo Expressions, and now that I do, I'm super excited. So.
3: <laughs> I did <Yeah>. my job. <laughs> Yeah, I took a look myself after last night when I saw you on Skype, uh, Dread, and you linked me your website and it looks pretty cool. I, I have a chance to, like, go through it completely, but I definitely plan on it. Same with uh, CivCo's Red 2 Team Gaming. I, I mean, I personally never heard of it, but I, I can't wait to go check it out now and stuff because I definitely like using YouTube and um, I'm excited to go check it all out. It seems like it's going to be pretty exciting stuff. So
0: it's Awesome, and I know. I was just going to add one other thing, if you guys don't mind, um, to let people know that I do post and I do uh, take part in a variety of different forums. Um, I noticed that you mentioned you found me on Diablo Fans, Um, and I'm also on places like MMORPG, I'm on um, a few other places, and I do cover a bunch of games, so if you want me to, you know, in terms of pimping my stuff, it's pretty easy. It's redteamgaming.com, and it's also youtube.com slash redteamgaming.com facebook.com slash sibco, and twitter.com slash redteamgaming. So, uh, yeah, it should be um, pretty easy to find where I'm at, and hopefully you guys will enjoy the content. I will be continuing to cover uh, off and on. By off and on, I mean it's not every single day, but I do shows weekly on things like Star Wars The Old Republic, Terra, um, World of Warcraft, Diablo 3, and things of that nature. I also have a pretty epic... Um, game trailers playlist on my channel which is a lot of fun to check out with things on there like Final Fantasy XIV Reborn Starcraft's um, Heart of the Swarm trailer and a bunch of other stuff and I think that you know in terms of my podcast you can find those in iTunes, all you have to do is go to iTunes and search for RTG in the podcast section and you will find RTG podcasts which include The Elder Scrolls Online and The State of Diablo 3 and probably a few other podcasts in the not too distant future Awesome, so I
1: just wanted to thank both of you so very much for coming on and being being here and sub- submitting yourselves to all of the crazy questions that Lantonio and I posed. Thank you, Dred. Thank you, Sibco. It I've this interview went a lot longer, but that's just because we were having so much fun. And oh my goodness. This is going to be a fun edit job afterwards.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of, I'm, I'm learning that uh, how fun editing is. I had uh, some help with uh, a little bit of teaching on how to do some, and I'm working on my first editing experience, and uh, it's going pretty good so far. So hopefully I'll have that over to you soon, Nev. And Yeah, thanks, Seb, and thanks, uh i'll be sure to go into both your youtube sites and your websites and look through everything and uh, we mentioned about forums i know ours is relatively new but you guys are welcome to come on over and do anything you like on ours too now that we got ours um but yeah the whole community uh, chat and talk that we had is pretty much what we like too and it's great i love talking with people who like games and sibco uh, hearing your um stories behind Diablo 2 is getting me all thinking and wanting to play and uh, if you're gonna be starting Diablo 2 um, hit me up uh, my usernames are Lana and Lantonio on Diablo 2 and I'd be glad very glad much happy obliged to play with you uh, when you start and we could even hook up on Mumble too if you would like that
0: yeah I think that would be really awesome it would be a lot of fun and- so thank you Sipco and thank you Dread, for joining
1: us um, I-, I think given the length of this interview, it will be released separately. It won't be in episode 35, but I will provide you the link as soon as I get the editing done, which will probably be sometime early next week because I do have to work on Sunday, which, you know, is sucks. And I get to drive to, well, actually, you know what? I'm not doing the Reno run, but anyways, that's more information that our listeners don't necessarily need to know. But so thank you once again for joining us This has been the Shattered Soulstone interview with Red Team Gaming, Sibco,
0: and Dread.
2: Thanks, and uh, hope to uh, talk to you guys again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for reaching out to Red Team Gaming RTG. We'll definitely uh, always be open to take part in anything with the Shattered Soulstone. Been a pleasure. This has been a production of Dawn Forge, copyright 2013.
3: Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com.